Good morning, Nachum. Good have Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Korach. Parshas Korach is one of those parshios which unfortunately does not get any easier from year to year. It has nine mitzvos, according to the Chinuch, five positive mitzvos and four restrictions. Interestingly, the first half of the parsha, which deals with the rebellion of one cousin against another, Korach, a first cousin of Moshe, who rebels against the authority of Moshe and Aharon. So the first half of the parsha is putting the authority of Kahuna and Levia in question. And the second half of the parsha, the nine mitzvos deal with mitzvos that relate to Kahuna and Levia, including the mitzvah of Pidyon Haben. I'd like to address the obvious question, which doesn't get easier from year to year. And Rashi asks the question, Uma ra'o korach lachlok imoshe. Right? What did, what caused korach to lead this rebellion? So, first of all, chronologically, when does this happen? If Rashi continues and cites from our rabbis that Korach is jealous that he was not appointed the Nasi, the leader over the Levium of Kahas, but rather a younger first cousin, Elitzafan ben Uziel, then really that happened earlier in the book of Bamidbar. Why is it first now? So some say that it's only after last week's parsha of Shlach that the Jewish people are now destined to be in the desert for 40 years, that the popularity of Moshe has waned. And this is an opportunity, a crack, so to speak, in the wall, a foot in the door that Korach has that he can now challenge the authority of Moshe. They're no longer enamored with a leader who's prayer on their behalf failed and they're now destined to spend the next 39 years in the desert. Aha! So now, interestingly, Korach rebels. Now what can he offer them? He can't offer them a Chov Yisrael Carvel in the Midbar. So what can he offer them? What do they have in the Midbar? They have spirituality. Aha! You have spirituality, says Korach, I'm going to offer you more. Watch. Allow me to explain. The, if I may, there are two different forms of serving Hashem. We'll call it plan A, plan B. Plan A is for all of the tribes, except for the tribe of Levi. All of the tribes have land in Eretz Yisrael. Now, the relationship between Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael is a very special one. It's one that the land responds only to the Jewish people. It's one that the mitzvos of the land, except for the exception that we had last week of Chala, the mitzvos did not take effect until after Sheva 
shekipshu v'sheva shechilku until after the 14 years, seven years of conquering, seven years of dividing. So when each Jew was finally on his place, a very special relationship existed. Namely, that through the working of the land itself, the Jew had a very special attachment to Hashem. Namely, so the fruits that he planted in the land of Israel, as they emerged, he put a sign around them, and they were taken as Bikurim, first fruits. The fruits themselves were elevated, and when a Jew planted grain in the land of Israel, so that grain which came forth, he was not allowed to eat yet until Truma to the Kohen, Ma'aser to the Levi, one and two, four and five years out of the Shemitah cycle, years one, two, four, five, a second tenth of that grain produce was brought to Yerushalayim. Year three and six, it went to the poor. The whole concept of Shemitah and Yovel, the land itself emitted a kind of Kedusha, sanctity to the people. Now this was wonderful for the Hamon Am, for the people at large. How about the Levim? The Levim who did not have land. So Hashem says to the Levim at the end of this week's parsha, wait a second, I am going to give you a Chelef Avodaschem literally the next to the last verse in the parsha, in place of the service that you provide for me, capital M, says Hashem to the Levim, I am going to give you Ani Nachalaschem. I, God, am your inheritance. What and the special relationship that the Jewish people have through the land with Hashem Levim who don't have land, they will have this kind of unique, personalized, special relationship that Hashem will have with each Levi through their service in the Mikdash. Now, once again, what can Korach offer the people? Comes Korach and says to the people, and says it to Moshe, Wait a minute. Everybody is holy. We were all at Sinai hearing the Aseris Hadibros. And therefore, just like the Levim can have that kind of a relationship without needing to go through the formality of the mitzvos, a more personalized, subjective kind of a relationship, an emotional one, would be sufficient that if that works, and that's what Korach was saying with the Levim, well, this is what he was promising the rest of Klai Yisrael as well. Oyla Rasha says Rashi, Oyla Shcheno. And so, a good number of these 250 men were from the tribe of Reuven. What happens? So, Korach goes to Reuven and says, You, Reuven, Come on, you're the Bechor. But Moshe took it away from you. And all other tribes, before the sin 
of the Egel. There was no concept of Levim. It was the firstborn in each family that represented the family. Every mommy, every daddy was so proud that their firstborn could serve in the Mikdash. And that was taken away, says Korach by Moshe. What is his platform? His platform in, I will restore and give you this quote-unquote personal religiosity, this personal sense of ruchnius that was taken away from you. And therefore, we can understand when Moshe says to Korach and the group that's there, at the end of Pasuk Zion, at the beginning of the parsha, Rav Lachem B'nei Levi. Now, what does that mean, Rav Lachem B'nei Levi? It is usually understood to mean that, wait a second, come on, you, what you have is enough, listen carefully, by being Levim, and don't want more, namely Kuhuna. But now, with this interpretation of Rav Lochem B'nei Levi, I'd like to give it the interpretation to mean, wait a second, Hashem says, no, this is not meant to be the modus operandi. This is not meant to be the way of all of Klai Yisrael to serve Hashem. This was meant to be in a controlled fashion only for Shevet Levi, who is doing the Avoda, and through the Avoda, they're going to be able to get Chilef Nachalaschem, Avodaschem, Ani Nachalaschem, they'll be able to get this personal kind of a relationship with Hashem. What emerges from the Machlokes between Moshe and Korach, Korach, who instigates this Machlokes, is, is, is a democracy that ultimately reigns within the Jewish people, which is what Korach was saying. Each person can, on his own, do it. Or is it Kedusha? And that's why when Moshe responds, what does he say? He says, ish Hashem hu HaKadosh. Moshe is telling Korach a very, very important message. This message is found in the Rashi. The Rashi of Boker. When Moshe puts off the rebellion and says, guys, come back in the morning. He's hoping that they'd sleep it off this foolishness. And Rashi brings the Medrash. Boker. Omalehem Moshe. Hashem has set limits in his world. Can you change morning into night and vice versa? So too you can't change this. What's the this? Who's a Kohen? Who's a Levi? Who's the Israel? And the specific roles that are given to each. As it says at the conclusion or of the first day, Hashem put morning and night, so too in Divrei Hayomim, chapter 23, verse 13, what does it say? 
Aaron was set apart. The same one who set apart morning and night, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, set apart the tribe of Levi. Within Levi set apart the Kohanim. Within the Kohanim set apart a Kohen Gadol. And therefore, these boundaries are set from on high. The Talmud tells us that each person has to do their tafkid. Within the Levim, some were those that played instruments, those were singers, and the third ones were Mishoarim, gatekeepers. Open the gates, close the gates. And the Gemara in Erechin 11b says that a Mishoarim, Sheshoar, one who's supposed to be singing, who took the job and said, well, I'll be a gatekeeper. He does this, Bishel Chavero, Bimisa. On some level, he has committed a major sin. He's Chayiv Misa to Hashem because he's not fulfilling his personal tafkid. Everybody was put in this world to do a tafkid. And unless you are a Kohen or a Levi or a Yisrael, that's what your tafkid is. A man was given his tafkid and a woman was given her tafkid. And for each to say, I will take on your role, they are going against that which Hashem put boundaries into the world. Rav Salvechik Zechrona interpreted the verse in chapter 1 of Bereshis, which speaks about the creation of man. Pasuk 27. Look at the Pasuk, and there's a lot of what might appear to be redundancy. God created man, the man, in his image. In the image of God, he created him. And then, male and female, and Rav Salvechik, said that that last phrase, male and female, he created them, goes back to the Tselem Elokim and says that each was endowed with a different Tselem Elokim. And each one was put in this world to serve God in their way. And this is such an important lesson that we read Parshas Korach annually, not only for the nine mitzvot that are contained therein, but also to remind us of each person's particular responsibility and calling in life to fulfill their personalized tough kid. You're not exactly sure what that is. For that, you've got to go, as you're taught in the first chapter of Avos, Aseilochorav, and through the help of a mentor, a teacher, a guide, a rabbi, a Rosh Hashiva, you will be able to, to the best of your ability, fulfill your tough kid. Shabbat Shalom to all.